0: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. We are coming to you live on July 30th. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan. And Brendan, the Cubs drop the finale, the fourth game in St. Louis, but they do win three of four. They win eight games in a row heading into Sunday. As you and I record this, they are three and a half games Unreal. out of both the division <laughs> and Unreal. a playoff spot in the wild card race, Brendan. That they did it. They messed they around and they did it.
1: <laughs> Can you believe this? We talked about all year about extremes, right? For like the season to turn around or even to be competitive, you need some type of extreme stretch or extreme performance. And for the Cubs, it's been right up until the trade deadline and the extreme performances have been Cody Bellinger and Christopher Morell. So this is what happens sometimes in baseball. You get these weird extremes and we're seeing it, Corey.
0: Yeah, and you know, credit – to them, right? Of course. I mean the, oh, the players absolutely. on the field, but you know, and to we, us. Yes, well, yeah. yeah. Uh but we looked at this schedule coming out of the All-Star break and said pretty much bluntly that if they couldn't take care of business under the the Cubs were under 500 at the time, but you know, against a bunch of other teams that were under 500, underperforming, not good, they weren't going to deserve Help from the front office at the deadline, like they had to get it done, and I, they they did so. Uh, even losing on Sunday, Brendan, I this was better than I think most of us even would have expected in oh, in yeah. our wildest dreams. Oh, yeah. They will come back to Wrigley Field to welcome the Reds. It's a tough that. week coming up, the Reds and the Braves uh, next weekend. But they will enter the week at home a day before the trade deadline over 500, under four games out of multiple playoff spots, right? I don't think there's any discussion. I think the question right now is to what degree are they buying, right? (laughs) I I don't think selling, a lot of people are going to have differing opinions on how this deadline should go and what they should do and who they should keep, who they should trade, this, that, and the other, right? But I think for... A market like the Cubs, for a team from every level of the organization that spoke coming into this season about wanting to compete for a playoff spot, believing that this group could compete for a playoff spot, when you're this close in those playoff races, your team has just riled off eight in a row, you know, before yeah. dropping the the last one here in St. Louis. This organization cannot have any other direction come Tuesday but buying, even if it's not, you know, over the top crazy moves. But the the conversation of, of selling to the degree that we were having it and everybody else was having it for so long, it's over, Brendan.
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely over. I think you do see some like slivers of chatter of like, does it even make sense to buy, even though they're only three and a half games back? Because what are the chances they actually go on a run in the playoffs for a World Series? right? That's always the question. Should they actually go out and soft buy and not get back prospects for Bellinger and Strowman? So, I, I mean, on the surface, I think intuitively you and I are like, absolutely, yes, it makes sense to go soft buy. But then you take a step back and you try to understand, okay, well, does it objectively without taking all the emotions into account? And I do think where I stand on this is that it still makes sense to soft buy for several reasons. I think for me, the biggest reason it makes sense to soft buy is because I'm a believer in adjusting under extreme emotional context. I think you look at like, you know, the 2015 Cubs or you look at even past playoff teams, I think adjustments lock in when the emotional context and leverage of games are highest. And I think for the Cubs to make informed decisions about their future in the next year or two, for me, I want to learn more about Justin Steele in high leverage moments as a starter. I want to learn about his stamina going into October. I want to learn about Hayden Wisniewski in those contexts. I think just that point alone versus getting back a 50 top 50 prospect by Bellinger, I think it's more valuable learning about those pitchers and exposing them and having them adjust for the immediate season next year. And then you start thinking, what is the probability that trading Bellinger markedly improves their chance to win next year? Maybe their return package is good, but given what we've seen so far in the market, I think the threshold is around three prospects, borderline top 50 prospect. I don't think it's an obvious, yes, this move will make them better next year. I think it's a fringe-type decision. So overall, when you look at what the return is, how it's going to affect next season, and also how not trading them affects their current group, I think it makes sense to leverage the current context and allow these guys to adjust and be exposed to it. And then last point before we get into specifics here, the reality is there's a lot of money to be made. When the Cubs are good and competing, I know you have a lot of crazy fans like you and I who will always watch, but the reality is a lot of fans don't tune in when the Cubs are not good. Marquee's launching their new direct app. The numbers will go up. It's a pretty direct correlation. When the Cubs are good, given in the years past, you get a 100% increase in viewers. It's just how it is. There's a huge amount of money to be made, and whether you like it or not and like Tom Rickinson ownership or, or not that money does matter for their competitiveness. So it's multifaceted.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there was a rumor on Sunday that Bellinger, you know, they're telling teams... Don't ask about Cody Bellinger anymore, you know, uh, whether that's true or not. I don't know, but that's what was going around Sunday morning. And, you know, I think if you're asking you and I, we're, you know, aggressively buying, like, let's go, right? Uh, I think well, what you were you a,
1: aggressively buying, though. No, no, what no, you want to up aggressively and those in guys? the buy
0: camp, right? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you, a minute ago, kind of just addressing, because there is, right? There are some yeah. people who are still like, eh, I'm not sold, right? Like, so yeah. what? They beat the Cardinals and the Nationals or whatever. But, Listen, I, I, I'm as big a homer as there is, um, but I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, right? Like Theo Epstein said, every opportunity to win is sacred. They're in the race. The discussion we were having for so many months was, you know, we felt like they— cost themselves being in the race earlier by playing bad players too long, not making better decisions in the offseason, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We're yelling about David Ross's lineup every other night. But at the end of the day, like the reason that those conversations were happening is because they were eight, nine games out. Like they were trending in the wrong direction, right? Like they played themselves to the spot they need to be. When you are a market as big as the Chicago Cubs, when you have sold off the last few deadlines, you cannot punt a season when you're within three or four games of not only the playoff spot, but a division lead. Like you are almost right now, if you played, you it's next weekend you have the Atlanta Braves. It'll be a very tough series, right? Yeah. But if you were playing four games with the Milwaukee Brewers, Coming up to start this week, you sweep that series, you're winning the division. Like that's where they are right now. They are within striking distance. And was looking at, you know, just some of the numbers uh from friend of the podcast Matt Clapp at the blog finds on Twitter was tweeting on July 17th, the Cubs playoff odds, just to make the playoffs, were six percent. As we sit here recording this now, Brendan, they are 29%. They were over 30 before they dropped the finale in St. Louis. That's a significant bump. And to your point about wanting to see some of these players in a more competitive environment, you just watched it, right? This team was basically told flat out by their president in the media, if they don't show up in the next week or two weeks, right, that's going to make the decision for us. And what did they do? They showed up. And yeah. you saw it in every single game. This team had throughout that eight-game winning streak, and just this this last stretch of baseball here in the second half, multiple games where they have come back from deficits in against the Cardinals. They had a game; they're down three times, and they come back each time and win the game. They're making those plays, like Mike Talkman did to win the game (laughs) on Friday night, right? And you see the reaction from guys, you tweeted it, the guys like Dansby and Nico, these guys want to win. They deserve to have some help, some reinforcements. And I'm still in the camp where like, I'm not sitting here saying they should trade PCA for two months of a rental, Right, I don't think you sell out for 2023. I would still be looking at guys. Hey, can we get guys that have control for next year that help us out in 2024 as well? Or can we trade from this prospect depth that we have that that Jed has been building for years? And even if it is a rental, get some help, but not move out guys that are like horribly consequential to you know this next window and wave of prospects. But to me, like, there's just not the the discussion is over, right? Like I they so. played themselves back into it and when you are a market that is this big, when you spend this much money even on the team this year, like you cannot look at this and say, "Eh, you know, we don't think the group is, you know, going to win the World Series, so we're not going to go for it." You can't do it when you're the Chicago Cubs. And I would add to that, every team is different, right? I'm not even big on the comparisons, but when you look at the where they are and the race, the, the things they can do, well, it's it's multiple. Like we saw yeah. the the Braves win the World Series in 2021 in a very similar spot. The Washington Nationals, very similar spot. The Philadelphia Phillies, Phillies just, they didn't yeah. win the World Series, but they got there right? They were very close. And it's all a very similar spot. Teams, people felt like were underperforming, under 500. They needed a run. They needed some help. And again, I'm not saying that these teams are the same. Don't, you know, go and look, well, they had better this or they had better this. Like, they're all different teams. But the point is, like, you have an opportunity where this team is, is playing themselves into the race and deciding that you don't feel like participating. Like you said, Brendan, for another set of, oh, it's this team's eighth best prospect. Like, miss me with it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the the system... Is not in the place it was in 2014, 2015, where you have so many like blue chip feeling prospects, but it's deep. You have a lot of guys who have a lot of talent all through the levels. There was a day the other day I saw Iowa Cubs broadcaster Alex Cohn showing like the entire organization is winning and performing well and just like clean sweeping days at a time where every level is winning, guys are performing. You can trade from some of that. You can make this team better without mortgaging. 2024, 2025, like you don't have to do anything that's insane, but get, and and what I want to talk about with you on this episode in particularly is what are the most important areas where they can improve? Where do we think mm. they might improve? Um, and I think that they can do a lot of that stuff without giving up stuff that's going to make even the most, you know, prospect hugging type people upset. I, I think it, they can find a way to thread that needle where everybody kind of feels pretty good about this, but you can't watch Dansby and Nico. I mean, that, Brendan, like that ninth <laughs> inning on Friday, in a nutshell, like if one inning of baseball could cement and say, listen, you are not selling from this team. It was the ninth yeah. inning on Friday night. That double play, absurd by Nico. Disgusting. To even attempt that, he's Disgusting. facing the other direction. Unbelievable. 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 And then for Talkman to go up and do that and Ugh. and and keep that in the ballpark and win that game, you see everybody's reaction. You don't have to immediately jump from like, yes, they took 3 or 4 from the Cardinals, they're winning the World Series. But they're in, they are objectively in this playoff race. They have looked more like the team that we believed they could be, which is still not crazily over 500, right? But yeah. they are a solid baseball team get them some help in their areas of deficiency let's play some fun games in August and September let's screw around right let's do it let's just screw let's around see, a little let's bit see Jed. What's Come happen. On.
1: I know and to your point before we get into the specifics the the intention for next year right like I don't think it's a black or white decision I don't think trading bellinger means by default next year, you're sacrificing your competitiveness even a little bit. I think it's a different argument. I really I do believe this. I don't think like you're never going to be able to quantify this, right? But like biologically speaking, when the stress is higher, your ability to learn, to lock in adjustments is more primed in both the good and the bad. Like you can develop the yips under really extreme circumstances. We've seen that with players in the past. At the same time, you can actually lock in positive adjustments. So when I look at Hayden Wisniewski and a lot of these pitchers and even Christopher Morrell, I am very drawn to the most extreme, highest leverage games possible. And I want those guys to continue their development. That way, they don't, they don't have to perhaps do that next year. And is it a certainty that's good for them or good for the Cubs? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a marginal, uh, perhaps, improvement. But it could be extreme. I do think there were some instances in 2015 that that group took over in 2016. And I'm curious about it. I don't think by not selling Bellinger you're saying, all right, well, 2024, we're going we're gonna to risk it a little bit. We're going to sacrifice a little bit of 2024 for the season. No, it's really not like that for me. In fact, you could be improving the quality of your roster in a form of faster development by giving these guys opportunities to compete, Corey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I look. I've already started dreaming about the Cubs are, you know competing for the division. It's September. They call up PCA. They start backing. playing defense yeah. and stealing bases. I, I've know.
1: already I already thought about that. You know, September, late September, got PCA center field. Oof, man, with that middle infield, Listen, oh.
0: I'm ready to get carried away. Let's go. Um, but, you know, and like you look at some of the numbers too, like the Cubs have been the best offense in the league in the second half since the All-Star break. Like they're they're atop the run scored leaderboard. You're looking at WRC Plus as a complete group. It's the Chicago Cubs, right? Yeah. And I know some people are going to look, and we talked about this, like it was a schedule that they had to take advantage of. I don't care if they did it against bad teams. That's what they had to do. That's the schedule that was in front of them. And it was do or die. And they did it, right? Yeah. And you look at their schedule coming up; it's it's gonna be a, this is gonna be a tough. This is gonna be the. Is this the most intense week of Chicago Cubs baseball that we've had in?
1: I mean, probably 2019. NBA, I mean, I
0: yeah, right? I like yeah. I I don't
1: know. Like, Trade deadline. You got these two tough series. Summer. Yeah. You know. I mean,
0: just the yeah. timing of this. They're over 500 now. They're coming back home. You've got the Reds who are currently you know ahead of you in the division and the wild card and all these standings. You got four with them and then three against the Braves, who are just so good. Um, yeah. All with the trade deadline kind of sandwiched in the middle there. This is a, this is going to be intense. Um, but, you know, then you kind of look at the end of August schedule and particularly September, right? Like just quickly going through the teams they play in September, Brendan. And some of these teams are in the race, but Like, the Reds, the Giants, the D-backs, the Rockies, the D-backs, the Pirates, the Rockies, the Braves again, and then the Brewers to finish out uh, September and the season there on October 1st. Like, sure, the Braves, you know? But, like, other than that, it's the teams you're going to have to beat to win this division or make the playoffs. And, like, a bunch of okay teams from the NL West. Like, there's not a lot of juggernauts in that schedule. And it was the same, you know, you kind of go to— Uh, the end of August as well, like, I'm not saying nothing is a cakewalk, right? Uh, But, you know, the second half of August, the White Sox, the Royals, the Tigers, the Pirates, and then the Brewers again, like, it's a lot of not very good teams. Like, this team just went on a run. Their offense is finally scoring runs at a a clip that you can live with, right? Like, and are excited about. They're atop the league in the second half. Like, you you gotta let them ride it out and see what they can do here. Um, You know, again, like there's a lot of different directions for that. You know, you have some teams like the Texas Rangers who have already decided to kind of like empty their ammunition and say, okay, like DeGrom is out, but we're going to go for it and we're going to make a bunch of trades and really go for this here. Um, Mets are making moves. Like things are happening, right? (laughs) But I, this team did, you know, it was asked and answered. Right? This is what you guys need to do to prevent Jed from selling off. And they did it. They almost literally could not have done a better job of showing up when they really needed to.
1: All right, let's take a quick ad break here. We'll come back, talk about the specifics. Who do you want to add? Which areas? A lot to discuss there. But first, ad break from our sponsor Hooters Hooters is your spot to catch all the games. This season. All the games upcoming next week, Corey. All the high leverage Cubs games, watch them at Hooters. Step up to our play for world famous wings, delicious seafood, stacked sandwiches, salads, and more. Tons of great beer specials and $6 drinks all day, every day. That's dangerous, Corey. Check out the seafood specials as well $19.83 for a pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp hooters is celebrating 40 years in business all year long in honor of the anniversary on the fourth of every month hooters will be hosting throwback events bringing back the 80s with 83 cent wings and other great specials next one is on august 4th other break here from our sponsor game time this is the week to use game time corey GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. They have the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. If you want to go see the Cubs play the Reds, play the Braves. You weren't expecting an eight-game winning streak. Now you want to go see the Cubs. Go for a playoff run here. You can use GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. And guess what? Use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed one last break here before we get back into this. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. This is the time to bet on baseball. Trade deadlines coming up. It's going to be a lot of different prop bets with new players. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Again, use code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling Promo call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling help. LionMA.org in New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY four six seven three six nine In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, in West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.100gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 or over in most eligible states but age varies. Do vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire 7 days after issuance. 1 boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet is $50. 10+ plus legal requirement for 100% boost eligibility. Wagering and deposit restrictions do apply
0: all right brendan uh let's talk about okay yeah we've set the table right we did there there's no selling we're not entertaining any not. discussion of, of selling here we weren't able to go live today but if there was a youtube chat better not see any discussion of selling no um no. <laughs> but let's talk about what how should they approach this, right? I will say I was kind of in the, I know they wanted to wait, you know, kind of un, until the last minute. I I, yeah. I, do understand some in the camp though, like I, I wish they would be a little more aggressive um, on some of this stuff where obviously the trade deadline is close, but we know what the areas of deficiency are. We've known about them pretty much since spring training, right? We kind of could accurately predict that first base and that situation would be, potentially an issue maybe third base and as usual they have cobbled together a nice bullpen but could still use some some reinforcements there Um, but as we so I I I would have been okay if they had maybe addressed this sooner right like other teams kind of started this process last week like you could have hey like this team is on a run like let's get some you know give them a boost here and show them that you know we're going to back them up here, but whatever. Um, If you were looking at this roster and you were to say what the most pressing area of need is, right? Because I think part of the discussion is going to be that we don't expect them to sell out for 2023, right? Um, If they can trade from their depth and improve multiple areas, great. But improving every area, right, might prove maybe not super easy if you're not willing to part with super long term pieces or guys you really believe in, et cetera. Um, if you can get guys that are under control for more years, hey, great. like Jed can get creative. let's see what happens. But if you were if we were operating under the the thought that they're gonna improve one area, right? And hopefully it's not that. But if I asked you, they can only improve one area. What are you doing come this trade deadline? What type of player are you acquiring?
1: Yeah, it's a toss-up. First off, as a preface, I think you need to improve both the corner infield and the bullpen. That's an obvious one, sure. right? But yeah. getting a third baseman, getting a first baseman, and getting bullpen help might push them over the luxury tax, right? They're about $5 million mm-hmm. away from Cot's expectation right now. It may not be possible. Jed may not want to go out and sacrifice one year and— Uh, amplify your potential penalty by trading above the tax. So given all that, I think the number one issue for me to limit some of the dumbness and randomness is let's stabilize the back end of the bullpen. I think the bullpen's been good recently. Alzolay's been super impressive. Daniel Palencia has been great—hundred-mile-per-hour fastballs, good sliders. Lighter's been fa- has fallen off a little bit, but still showcasing the same stuff. Overall, the bullpen has been good, right? I don't think it's been a huge weak point. But I look at the bullpen help. I look at what they currently can do with their potential payroll. That seems to be like the one area where I want them to improve the most. I think. You can get by. I don't like it, and I never liked it. I think you can get by in third base right now. Magical has been better than I expected. Defense definitely better than I expected. His offense right now is actually similar to like Nico Horner's offensive output. I'm fine with that. I, I'm surprised he's even doing that. So I think that's fine. And then at first base, the hope is you get some production from Talkman. Going forward in center field and you get to mix match with Bellinger at first base. I think you can get by with that. I think you can squint and make the argument that it's not necessary to go out and sacrifice, let's say, bullpen help for offense at the corner positions. That being said, we'll get into this. I prefer Jed to get really creative here and somehow make all three of those areas work. And that means trading from some of the heavier contract guys like Smiley and uh, it's not going to be possible, but you look at someone like Barnhart or Mancini or Drew Smiley perhaps, shed some payroll, improve elsewhere, give up more prospects just to get rid of that salary. I think that would be my primary focus for this trade headline.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach this, right? Like, I think we've all noted a million times that you'd like more power, more thump in this lineup. Um, but at the same time, like they clearly like Nick Madrigal and he's done, I've eaten crow on this a million times. I'm happy to keep doing it. He looks great at third base. I mean, he's making diving plays. He figured out a way to kind of shorten some of those throws when he needs to, the numbers like him there, like for them to find someone who can even equal that defense is not likely to be easy, Right. Yeah. Um, you know, wisdom wasn't doing it, right? Morell, they don't believe in, can do it. So that certainly factors in. And yeah, they they obviously, and with good reason, like this kind of switch up that they do against righties uh, so that Talkman can get in center and Belly can play first base. And, you know, Bellinger's great so at far. first base, and Mike Talkman is literally saving you games in center field. So, um, interesting to see how they decide to approach that. I I think bullpen help would be number one for me. Um, and you know, really just anything that gets Trey Mancini off the field. Like I'm not trying to continually dog on the guy, but he's just been awful. And I think that's where it gets kind of tricky, right? Like if you did move guys to acquire a third baseman, are you just not playing magical anymore? Like, you know, he still only has a 700 OPS, but He's been better since he came back from yeah. Iowa that last stint and they, you know, were clearly hoping that would happen. So I I don't know if I immediately expect them to move on from that or like reduce his role to really super temporary if they feel like he's gotten hot at the plate, right? And he's playing a good defensive third base um and then what do you do if you acquire someone at first and then you want you know you can use the dh and like talkman can get in there but i'm just saying they they clearly like some of the things that they're doing it's not a reason to not get better but interesting to see what they do if they do acquire someone that plays a corner infield spot again you just got to stop playing mancini they have to stop if you're serious about competing you must stop doing that it 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 didn't work it's fine it's a bad signing they happen but he's been bad on defense. He's been bad on offense. It, it's it's hurting them. It's really hurting them that they keep running him out there. Um and well, it's again, the team.
1: It's hurting everyone. Yeah,
0: and, and again, yeah. not to like pick on him, right? I, I'm, I'm sure he's are. a nice person. I'm rooting for yeah. him. But as we talked about with certain things, there's only so many areas where you're really actually able to improve on this team, right? We have yeah. to hope— I know, I'm sure, I can hear the YouTube chat as if we were doing this live. Saya's struggling. Again, I, I see it. I'm aware of it. But he, they're going to keep playing him, right? Like Hap has shown a little bit more power. He's been slugging more. He's had an, you know, his ups and downs. He's playing, right? Like Dansby's playing. Nico's playing. Their catchers are playing. Like there's only so many ways unless they're moving those guys to improve this team. And the most obvious one right now is finding somebody that can... DH, maybe play first base, or a little bit of both, or just mix in with the guys that they have, like Bellinger, to stop Trey Mancini from seeing the field. That's yeah. that's the easiest way to improve this offense, is getting somebody that can slug a little bit, and you just swap him out for Trey Mancini.
1: Yeah, you know, we've we've referenced this in the past, but during Hugh Darvish's injury, Theo made the comment, you know, you can't confidently expect Darvish when he was injured, right? It's not you know, a complete parallel, but we do have a history of chronic injuries with Nick Madrigal, right? Hamstring problems. It's not a certainty that you can rely on Madrigal for the rest of the season. So then the idea is, okay, well, yes, you do want to give Madrigal playing time, but what if he does get injured again? Can they survive? Which you can make the argument they can with Patrick Wisdom playing third base more regularly. I think like that could be fine. Or he go out and you trade for someone like Jarmer Candelario, You know, former Cub uh, was in that Justin Wilson trade many years ago. Candelario's having a great year. He's batting 258. He has 16 homers in 419 plate appearances at 353 weight on base average and 121 WRC plus. Defensively, he's been great. Total war is three on the nose this year. He could be a guy. And then that right there is about two and a half million to your luxury tax payroll. So again, using COTS expectations and it's never like like these are always kind of rough ideas. It's never like totally gonna to be right on the on the dot. But if you use that, you're still inching closer, right? And then the question is, well, do you wanna go out and just get Lario and not get Bullpen help? Because that might be what you have to do. And so that's for me, it's a weird balance. Can you
0: can you yeah. explain if if folks aren't familiar cuz I think you're using the luxury tax as kind of a I think Jed wouldn't do this marker. Yeah. Can you can you just explain that? What what exactly are you talking about and why do you think that Jed would be avoiding it? Just in case anyone listening doesn't know.
1: Generally speaking, you can get into the fine details of like the penalties, but generally speaking, what happens when you go over the luxury tax, you get taxed for every dollar above the amount. And you have, over time, you lose draft pick uh, order, you lose draft pick value as a result. So from Jed's perspective, you're looking at sacrificing current's competitiveness for the future in the form of having to pay more on the dollar for your players. And you look at someone like, you know, you look at the Cody Bellinger situation, right? And you look at Marcus Stroman. If you go over the luxury tax, the qualifying offer doesn't Doesn't look as valuable as a result. And then if you go over it again for a second consecutive year, the penalties increase. If you go over for a third consecutive year, the penalties increase. So if you're in the camp of, oh, I don't want to buy this year because I'm worried about 2020, uh, 2024. Well, this, this, this is something that you want to consider. Because you can still protect twenty twenty four, improve, but you can do so by staying underneath the luxury tax. I don't think Jed's going to go over it just because he's always talked about you know one eye on the future, one eye on the present, and the moves he's made up until this point have all been under that context. So unless something drastically changes, my expectation is he's not going to go out and get like you know a, a flurry of players because you'll go over that luxury tax.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there you go. But well that, and it's it's also one of those things where I suppose the hope would be in years to come, maybe starting next year, they plan to blow by it for a, a couple. Which of they've years. done
1: in years past, yeah. like they, like during their competitive era, you know, they 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 blew over it two two consecutive years. So they they have done this, and the fact they're even inching closer to it, I think, is a positive sign. And also as a point of criticism up until now, over the past mm-hmm. few weeks, of like, why did you? And we talked about this during the off season, and I think this is this is this is a good example of why I didn't even like at the time going after Fulmer because it does limit your trade potential. We talked about this in like February. It's like, I don't want to get to a point where you need clear bullpen help, but you don't have the flexibility to do it. And so, like, Fulmer at the time, when you look at the expectations of the contract situation, like, 3 million for Fulmer made sense, but like, things started to snowball a little bit, and the flexibility isn't quite as strong as I had hoped it would be. Going into the year, I thought we were gonna be 10 to 15 million uh, under the tax, or about 5 right now. So then, yeah we had remember we had this discussion in like february i'm like this former makes sense i'm like well three million is not that bad right now they're at 10 to 15 million but then like it wasn't it it wasn't 10 to 15 million so you know those were always the sacrifices you were willing to make
0: yeah but you know kind of getting back to i think for me um i i've said a lot that i i think net magical especially if he's able to play multiple positions like this um if he's able to hit the way that he has since he came back from that stint in Iowa, like that has a place on a competitive team, a guy with good bat to ball skills. um, You know, he can move around the bases when he needs to. um, Like there's a place for it. Would I prefer they start someone with more slug at third base? Yeah, sure. Like, of course, right? The lineup needs it. Um, But when I look at this team, I think adding another reliever would – the, the sort of shock wave that would have, I think would be quite important. Um, you know, Alzelay has obviously really thrived and dialed it up in the closer spot. Um, lighter is, you know, a good, you know, now he's your number two, right? Um, we've seen good stuff from Merriweather, Fulmer, like they've all kind of, you know, again, they've, as they usually do, they've figured out a way to cobble the bullpen together. But if you're able to move some of those guys down, one inning or one you know sort of leverage spot i think it i think that's a big effect and then also we've seen in some of these games where you know adbert has pitched two days in a row or, you know, through a lot of pitches the day before, et cetera, you kind of feel that like, you know, I don't know if I like it, right? If he's yeah. down today, like who's coming in in the seventh, if there's a fire, then who's closing. Well, so, it's like, was
1: for Palencia. It's like, oh man, like I like Palencia. I yeah. like Ross trusting them, but at the same time, I don't want that to happen in October. You know,
0: Right. And again, like it just, it, it allows you to not lean on each specific guy, quite as much, right? It allows for, you've seen it with multiple guys in this bullpen. They needed time to be moved to a different role and adjust, right? Work on some things, kind of fine tune their stuff before they're back and being trusted in bigger spots. And if you can just add uh, a quality arm to this group, Um, I think it just lessens that kind of burden on everybody else and would make things a lot more comfortable. It's also sort of a, you know, not backwards, but kind of like backhanded way of helping your starting staff, right? Um, the The more you can trust your bullpen, the more innings you feel confident that your bullpen can cover, the less you have to ride A starter if it's not going well right if you have a start that doesn't go well or if you have guys where you're maybe anticipating a shorter start it's okay like you can be prepared for that you can have some of these guys who have experience going multiple innings come in and piggyback and then you know you have a handful of trusted arms in the back end of that bullpen to come in and like really nail things down if you've got a close late game so i think that would be the priority for me uh, you know, just looking at everything, right? Like Stroman, it's not his best stretch, but his numbers overall are pretty in line with like who he's been for the majority of his career. So I think like this rough stretch for him has really just kind of moved his numbers back from being like, oh shoot, he's atop the National League to oh he's kind of like classic Marcus Stroman, which is really good and is going to be really
1: good. Have Justin- you thought about? Maybe going out and getting a starting pitcher. Well, like that's kind of, of where line. that's where
0: I'm going yeah. with this. Is like Justin Steele has obviously been unbelievable. He's been one of the best pitchers in the National League. He was great again the other night in St. Louis um, on a very hot, like muggy night. Like he was gutting through that. Um, yeah, he was. You know, those those Mississippi fastballs make it through the <laughs> the humidity. Doesn't matter if it's in My St. Louis or not. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, Jamison Tyone has been a lot better. I think he's got a sub, uh, you know, two ERA, um, you know, since like the start of July, which of course isn't that long, but hey, like we'll take it, right? Like given where that started, like sign me up. Um, You know, the Wisniewski smiley thing, it's, you know, obviously sort of a a work in progress. It's not great, but Kyle Hendricks was really good. Um, You know, the offense wasn't there for him on Sunday, but, you know, a, a few runs, like otherwise another really good start for Kyle Hendricks on Sunday. So I, I feel like at a, at a minimum, you feel like you can throw out any one of Stroh, Steele, and Hendricks on a daily basis and feel like they're going to keep you in, in the running for a W. And, you know, honestly, like with Tyone, I think you're 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 feeling better, right? It's, it's still a work in progress. I know you've kind of dialed in on some of the specifics there a bunch, but um, we're, Getting away from like, oh, he threw two innings and gave up five runs, right? And they had to go to yeah. the bullpen. Like he's, he's putting together good starts and hopefully continues to trend in that direction. So it it just, it maybe wouldn't be my priority. And like going out and finding a starter that's going to be better than the options you might have, it's not always easy and that can tend to get a little pricier. Um, yeah. Not opposed to it. Again, if we're talking about what this team needs, right, they could use another Quality starter to go in that kind of like three, four ish area in the rotation. I think you'd feel really good about that. They need thump. The corner infields spots are kind of, you know, or someone that DHs are really the places where you're going to be able to find a spot for them in the lineup without disrupting guys who we don't expect to get disrupted. And bullpen help because everybody always needs bullpen help. It doesn't matter who you are. You always need bullpen help. So those are the, the areas you can, I'm curious where like, you know, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube later, like drop it in the comments, like how would you kind of prioritize things? Or if you want them to get something else, I mean, let us know. But I think those are kind of the three priority areas for me, it would be a reliever, because I think you can probably get that done without giving up too much, right? Somebody who can at least help you for this year, if not longer, if you can find it. Um, And then thump somewhere in the lineup. Like you, you, you need it, you need it bad. And I don't know exactly how they would piece it all together in terms of who's playing where, who's starting on a daily basis, but thump would be nice.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of these wants is what we talked about, you know, last off season it's like oh man sure. like, i don't want to be i don't want to be in a position this is this was us talking you know during january i don't want to be in a position where we're talking about you know one or two game difference of making the playoffs like i want something that's clear and something that you don't have to squint at to be confident in and unfortunately like you know they did miss on mancini and so far like they're kind of missing on smiley a little bit especially for 2024 and that's 16 million Actually, 17 million right there. So it's like those are the decisions going forward that Jed can't afford to lose on. And going forward, Jed can't afford to lose on trades, even in this trade deadline. This is like for Jed, I think this could be a defining deadline for him. And you can always go back at the core deadline. When I say defining, this has potential to dramatically change the outlook for this season and for next season. And if Jed hits big on improving the quality of this team this season... With implications for next year, then our tone can change a lot, and then we start talking about. Jed made those deals that we were hoping that he would hit on eventually. Jed made those deals that look creative and those types of returns we've been wanting for years. So I'm, I'm curious, man. This is going to be a big test for Jed. He hasn't had the, the opportunity to do it so far.
0: I, I, I do not wish. Trust me, all right. I do not wish that, uh, you know, Jim Hendry were still. In control of this team, Andry, yeah. but right, yeah. The Aramis like,
1: Ramirez deal. Give
0: yeah. me where? Where is our Aramis Ramirez deal? Where is the Kenny Lofton like Randall Simon situation yeah. where you give up? What was it, Bobby Hill in one of those Bobby deals? Hill. Right.
1: I loved Bobby
0: Hill back then, though. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's so on brand for you. um Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, no. I'm.
1: I'm- I know, but but I mean, you know what I'm saying, like where, where you sure. make a that's move for want. guys
0: that you know kind of under the radar, and you don't give up things you regret in the future, and they just yeah. drastically help your team. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it, 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 this team isn't super similar to the 2003 team, but um, you know it, it, it's if you approach the deadline. The reason I, I just thought of it, it was you know that was a team that didn't go on to win more than 90 games right? Yeah. But they do win the division and they it needed it. help and they went out and got it. Like that was obviously a slam dunk of, you know, trades, but that's the the situation that we're in here. Like this isn't a juggernaut of a team, but if you can go out and swing some solid moves to really bolster this roster and clean up some of those deficiencies, Man, they can win games.
1: I know. I, I'm like, I'm getting more excited thinking about it because Like I've been thinking today, you have like Nelson Velasquez in AAA. You have fringe guys that could be valuable. Trade them all. Trade in sure. Trade them all. You have like literally like seven guys right there that you can you can you can imagine other teams would want to give an opportunity to. Yeah. So, and we've, we've we've we've. Always talked about this, and Jed has even said this. Like when you acquire prospects, or you're looking at these prospects, sometimes they're acquired for the sole purpose of just accumulating value to make these trades. This is the first opportunity that we've had yeah. talking about this team where that seems like a legitimate possibility right now. So I want yeah. to capitalize on that.
0: Uh, before you get to this last ad break here, um, and we'll continue yeah. to you know have some more discussion uh, toward the end of the show after we finish the ad break, but. Just for posterity, right? If we're talking about this system, guys who we've yeah. seen at the major league level, guys that are still 18 in the complex league, is there anyone that you are, it doesn't matter the circumstance, it doesn't matter who's coming back, I'm not trading this person, or is everybody up for grabs?
1: Everyone's up for grabs. Kevin Alcantara, PCA. I like, I, this doesn't mean like, oh, you know, I'm not high on them. I am high on them, but like, They all do have some deficiencies in their profile. Like, very rare do you get a prospect that's like an unequivocal top three prospect in the league. You can look at Kevin Alcantara and you can even say, okay, well, you know, he's still young. He still needs to go through double A. He still needs to showcase the ability to make hard contact and not strike out that much frequently. You can look at PCA and say, you know what? Best defensive center fielder I've seen in the system ever following this team. I love the energy. I love the contact potential. But nevertheless, I'm a little skeptical that the power and the current whiff rate will be sufficient in Major League Baseball. I still need to go through that adjustment phase. There's absolutely no one. I would trade anyone if it meant the Cubs would compete this year and going forward if the return is multi-year. Everyone's on the chopping block for me.
0: Yeah. I I I, you? I, I would have a hard time trading PCA. I just think he's I know, but an like, unbelievable but talent. But
1: it's a tough decision, but but the point there yeah. is in Oh, we'll do the ad break here, but like this is not a comparison whatsoever. So please don't misinterpret this. But like we've had prospects that are high defensive guys who we imagine have had high defensive floors. You know where I'm going with this. And like Albert O'Mora was a guy, didn't have the offensive tools that PCA had, didn't have the athleticism that PCA had, but the defensive floor we thought would boost his overall value, and it wasn't the case. Right. I like high offensive guys that don't strike out, they hit for a ton of power. PCA's PCA is not that guy right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, look, the point is like for certain guys we're talking about, like you're not trading them for only 2023 help. Like if it's a no, rental, absolutely someone not. like Condelario is, no is a rental, right? Like, and yeah. I'm not, obviously some of these big names are not what is required to get Condelario. I'm just speaking about someone who is strictly a rental that has come up a lot, right? Condelario is a rental. So, yeah. um, but If you're getting someone who's going to be with this team and can be a star for this team or something for for multiple years, 2024, 2025, yes, everything's on the table. I'm just saying, like PCA in a kind of separate category for me, where like I, you know, we'd have to be talking like big time, right? Like that's what I you know. Um, but yeah, look, like again, like you build up this depth for a reason. You cannot play every prospect that you have accumulated, and we don't really need to look very far to go look at the core, right? Like even guys that were thought to be in that core didn't make it to the even 2021 deadline, right? Before the Cubs got rid of them and they weren't playing anymore and things like that. Like you can't count on this stuff. And at some point, you know, you build up that depth for a reason and an opportunity to win, an opportunity, as a lot of us keep saying, to play meaningful baseball games for the rest of this season, whatever that looks like beyond 162, I don't know, but the opportunity is there and, you know, at some point sitting around, you know, for the future, right, and holding on to things. And, you know, it's not time yet. Like, it, it has to be time at some point, right? They played themselves back into the race. Like, you built up this prospect up for a reason. It's time to use it. Yeah,
1: yeah and, you know, by next year, like, we could still be in a crunch, right? Like, like right. there's not enough room to yeah. play all these guys. There's not enough room to play Perlaza and Strumpf. Yeah. and Mervis and Velasquez.
0: So, and there, there, there are ways to improve your chances in 2023 and keep your kind of thought line as Jed always does to the yeah. future. There's ways to do that. It's, it's, yeah. it's not. It's not quite that complicated to improve now and not sacrifice much for the future.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's do a quick, uh, quick ad break here. We'll get back to it. First one here from our wonderful sponsor, Goose Island. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. They have, as you guys know by now, a deep beer roster. The Goose IPA, a six-time medal winner at Great American Beer Fest. Always in style, citrus aroma, bold hop finish. They have the Tropical Beer Hug, a dry-hopped Imperial IPA that's 9.9% alcohol and dangerously easy to drink. They have my personal favorite, the 312 Wheat Ale, and they have the Full Pocket Pilsner, which is an everyday beer. Those who actually make beer, this is the one they're drinking. Grab Ultra Fresh Brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island Original Brewhouse on Clyborne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Second break here from Foco. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. You know, baseball season's starting to dwindle down, believe it or not. We're getting to like the hundreds in terms of games played. So before you know it, baseball season will be, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depends how you look at it, a thing of the past. So take advantage of it if you want to go out to Wrigley. The sun is still blazing hot right now. You need a straw hat, go to FOCO, get those straw hats, a aloha shirt, polos, bags, everything you need for a day in the bleachers at Wrigley. They have set decorations that they've given to us, Hayden Wisniewski bobbleheads, for example. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non pre sale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Finally, last ad break here from our great sponsor. I just wore my Shady Rays today, Corey, outside in California. I took on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that I've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shitty Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us They'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, Exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back and exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com. Use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All
0: right, Brendan. So. As we uh, have been speaking, uh, the Reds did win on Sunday. So it is four games. Now the Reds are in first place. So still three and a half behind Milwaukee. Milwaukee has the Washington Nationals to start this week. Uh, So obviously what they do would matter in the NL Central standings. But let's take them out for a second. (laughs) You're four games behind the first place Reds starting on Monday you have four games with the first place Reds. So just sweep Let's them. do some math here, right? <laughs> Let's just sweep them. If you no. won all four of those
1: games, you would be in first place. You know, right. four four minus four, I believe, makes you in first place. Right. That's my math. So Milwaukee,
0: notwithstanding, obviously yeah. they are in the way at the moment, but you know, it does it does kind of illustrate the point, right? It's a tough. It's, you you know, I know we sort of started with this, but again, like, it's pretty simple. Like, you can't sell off major pieces when you are literally playing the first place team for the amount of games you need to win to be in first place. It's pretty simple, right? Like, it, it lines up kind of nicely if you're looking at it that way. Just like, okay, yeah, like, that's not really a situation where... You can be punting, right? So yeah. I, it is going to be interesting. Um, there's a lot of different directions on this. And I think, as you kind of noted, there's ways to get creative. If you can move some salary um, to kind of bring in more pieces, if you can attach guys like Nelson Velasquez, et cetera, to maybe younger prospects, kind of like up your return, things like that. You, yeah. you see different things uh, across. Well, even a Drew
1: Smiley. You know, you want to get rid of Drew Smiley, free up ten million for right. for five million this year and ten million next year. Attach Nelson, attach Perlaza, attach these other guys as well.
0: Right. So, I it it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but I think the decision has been made at least in terms of which direction you're going, and now it's just a question of how they. Execute this, and you know there's a lot of teams. As we know in this kind of new wild card era, there's a lot of teams that are, I think, a little confused. Maybe is the word about exactly what their chances are, um, where they sit in all of this. I mean, if you're looking, if we cut things off at the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are nine and a half out of a wild card spot, you have uh, several teams that are within six and a half games: the Mets, the Padres the cubs, the phillies and the diamondbacks are all trailing milwaukee, miami and san francisco if we're looking at this in this exact moment. So that's a lot of teams like in the the thick of this hunt and that affects the trade deadline, right? Like you have a lot of teams that are maybe soft Not buyers, sellers. soft sellers, big time yeah. sellers, you know, we've already seen the mets kind of pounce on like Okay, we can shed some money. Like we can move some of these guys around. We can get some big time prospects back if we keep some of this money. Like sometimes you just strike when the iron's hot. If there's a particular direction that you believe can help your team, and you know that's kind of the the situation that that Jed is in. So get
1: creative. This yeah. is an opportunity. You know, yeah, we've been and, caught, you know been again like
0: for years. Sure, and you know I don't know how teams are gonna feel. Uh, but maybe a team would be interested in Nick Madrigal and playing him at second base fine. and, and yeah, sort of fine. saying, hey, oh, okay. like his bat looks better. He made his transition to a tougher defensive position. We are selling. We're out of it. We would be happy to play a guy that's not on a big, expensive contract and is showing some signs at the MLB level. I don't know if that's what the Cubs want to do, but that's kind of what you mean when you say like get creative here. Like You've got yeah. Uh, 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 you've got needs on your roster, you've got sort of uh you know surpluses of things on your roster. and you know, maybe there's a way that you can yeah get better all around. but you know again, like there's things that just win. I think you have to look at who this team is, right And we've talked about this a lot, Brendan, like Jed, we go to this quote a lot, like they are not the best teams blow teams out, right? And we did see a little bit of that like over the last week or so from this Cubs team, right? Like on occasion, they are blowing teams out. But in general, they're going to play a lot of close games, they're going to have to win games and make those plays like they did on Friday night, turning double plays at the opportune moment. Um, you know getting that quality shutdown pitching making incredible catches in center field they have to do those things we've talked about this all year right um you look at who they are as a team and i think that's how you approach this deadline right like the the frequency with which a team in their position wins the world series or does this who cares Right? There's recent examples of teams in similar spots going on runs and making it a very productive season, even if they didn't win the whole thing. And some of them did. But when I look at this deadline, you say, okay, this team might be playing a lot of close games. We know that this offense has been inconsistent at times. So what are the things that help that team win? Right, Not just you know any team, but this team, the 2023 Cubs, what helps them win games? Higher leverage relievers, and some more power. Yeah. And that's, I think, the most obvious stuff. And we talked about it, how you go about acquiring it. That's up to Jed and you know what all that looks like after the fact. But if you're going to be in a lot of close games, tight games, and we know, right, when you see the Milwaukee Brewers later this year, those games are always close. They're always decided late. They're They're always very competitive games. How do you win those games? How do you help this roster win those games? To me, those are the two easiest things higher we, leverage relievers to help a, shut things down yeah. and guys that can come up in a pinch and change the game with one swing.
1: Yeah, my my last thought before we sign off here, we've talked, I've talked about confidence in the front office going forward. And I try to find examples of where Jed and the front office have done good work and try to find examples of where you can put your confidence in. This is a huge, huge basket of confidence that if they hit this trade deadline, then it does change how I view the front office going forward. If they don't hit at this trade deadline, and I'm not even talking about like the current team, right? I'm talking about how this team operates for the future. And if I see other teams across the league making moves, I'm like, wow, they're making moves for the immediate competitive team and beyond, and we're not doing that, I will be perturbed. I will not be happy with that. My confidence going forward will suffer. At the same time, if Jed goes out and makes moves that obviously improves this team, at the same time improving next year and the years beyond, the tone changes significantly. So that's why, for me, I'm really curious, not just about the competitive team this year, but I do genuinely believe this could be an opportunity to improve next year and years beyond. And this is going to, in my mind, have potential to dramatically influence my perception of the front office going forward.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, this is interesting. I, like I said, I think this is the most, you know, 2021 ahead of that deadline, especially that series in Milwaukee, right? Like a lot of that stuff, um, you know, felt very significant, but the writing was kind of on the wall for that, right? Like, we knew that, you know, I mean, they had been making the kind of last dance references and things like that. Like we sort of knew that all of that was maybe coming. So certainly that, you know, period is, I think the most recent, like super significant period for all of us in terms of uh, how the team played and stuff like that. But in terms of like consequence and, and everything, like I, I think you were right. Like I I think you'd have to go back to kind of some point at twenty twenty. 2019.
1: Yeah. to when, when we've kind
0: week. of had a period like this. Like you are welcoming the first place team who as I said, you are conveniently exactly the number of games you play them at Wrigley Field behind them in the NL Central and I think either before your second game or right after your second game. I think before. Uh you got the trade deadline, you know, and then to end that week at Wrigley, you welcome in one of the best teams in baseball for the Let's last go. few years. Um, high stakes very high stakes but if you're Jed Hoyer you know you put this team together there were a lot of risks and we saw that throughout a a lot of this season what a team constructed this way could look like and if things didn't go right what that would look like and it was reflected in their record but for the last few weeks especially in this second half they're playing the brand of baseball you would have dreamed of them playing right like if everything came together for this group This is what it looks like. And again, you need it sustained for more than just this stretch post-All-Star break. But they're doing it. And they've gotten themselves back in the mix. And if you're Jed Hoyer, you have a chance to say, okay, this is what I kind of hoped this would look like. Now I can help them and send in some reinforcements and kind of keep it going. What do I need to do to keep it going? And to avoid the inconsistencies popping up again. Because you know they will. Right. Oh, yeah. But you've got an opportunity now to kind of buoy some of those, like lift them up a little bit, give them a little bit of a life raft and say, okay, like we're in this mix. Here's how I prevent this from happening again. Um, How do we prevent getting swept by the Angels again? Right. Like it's going to be interesting. It's a huge week for the Chicago Cubs, Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, they're back at home. Like, Wrigley is rocking no matter what. I mean, and this is where those times where, you know, I know our our friend Cody D'Amendo always says, like, we deserve better or we don't deserve this. Like, I remember being at, you know, some of the games on the last homestand. And at the time, you know, they're much more in the, like, probably sellers camp, right? 3-2 pitch, crowd is up, crowd is going crazy. Cubs win, crowd's going crazy. People are you know, still in, in the bleachers, singing Go Cubs Go. Like, this fan base is ready. They've been ready. Let's go. You and I are so ready. Cody's are ready. ready. Ryan's ready. Stucky's back. He's ready. Yeah. You know? Like, they're in let's the mix. So go mess around like, and see what this team can do. Crazier things have happened. I promise oh, you. Yeah. Worse teams oh, yeah. than this have made the playoffs. They've won championships. They've won divisions. The team Cravest showed up happens. when they had to show up. So now it's on the front office to reward them for that. And I think, not to like go on a full tangent here as we're over the hour mark, but it wouldn't be me if we didn't. Um, Like, I think this has ramifications long-term. Like, Dansby signed up to be a winner. He signed up to win. He told you that a million times. Like, if you show this group, hey, we see what you're doing out there. We're going to... Pay it back to you and make this team better, and let you guys have a good, honest run at a playoff spot. Here, I think that matters for morale and just like how this clubhouse feels about this organization going forward. Like if if it didn't work out this year, or Jed said, "Nah, whatever," and they go and sign Otani and whatever. Sure, right? Like it doesn't matter, right? They'll get over it, right? But I, I do think it I, I do think it matters. Like I think there's a you know sort of ripple effect that this has, like the front office showing that they have their back, you know, they had their back against the wall, it was do or die, and they showed up. And I think it's, you know, any business that you work in, it's nice to know, like, hey, I did my job, like, do you believe in me, right? Like, yeah, Yeah. I I think it matters. So I think like, you want to see that come Tuesday, even if it's not this huge splash, but just some show from the front office of like, hey, go get it, guys, like y'all did what you needed to do, go get it.
1: Don't underestimate the effect of having like a mental boost on your ability to go out, perform, and in doing so, go out and adjust and continue to develop. You look at guys like Morel and young guys, even Nico, still young and developing. Like that has an effect. I think again to the earlier point: boost the leverage, show a degree of support, and you sometimes see unexpected changes for the good. Let's do it. Go out. Improve the team, make the playoffs, show some support, have one eye on the future and the present, get creative with trades. Show me, you fans, the front office is unequivocally the best one for this organization going forward. And let's change the tone. I'm done doing this. I'm done talking about this team yep. in this up and down roller coaster fashion. Do we believe? Do we not believe? Is the front office the right one for this team? Is it not the right one for this team? I'm done with it. Put a stake in. This in the sand. Forget it. This is the path going forward, and this is the opportunity to do it.
0: Cole under pressure makes diamonds, baby. Let's go. Like, me put this diamonds. team, put them under pressure. Let's go. Yeah. Let's give them a shot. And I, I'll end by, you know, I'm reminded of one of their old slogans, right? Like, you heard it from Dansby. You heard it from Nico. You heard it from Cody Bellinger about staying here. This team is in, right? We know the 40,000-plus, the Wrigley faithful will fill beautiful, historic, wrigley field every night they're in right let's get the front office in it sounds like they are it sounds like cody bellinger's off the market it sounds like they're going to be buyers but let's see it right and that's when we get to the old slogan right everybody in baby let's do it all right
1: (laughs) i like it let's go
0: um cody luke ryan they will have you um for your reds Pre and post game, they'll have your coverage all week. Brendan and I will be back with you next Sunday after the Cubs uh, have bolstered their roster. Jed Hoyer has killed the trade deadline, and they finished off a five and two week against the Reds and Braves. How about that? Right? Is that fine? Um, Brendan and I will be back with you next Sunday. Uh, But the tone has shifted, folks. The Cubs showed up when they needed to most. They are in the race. Let's hope this is a fun trade deadline. CHO Cubs team will have your full trade deadline coverage. Everything that happens, instant reactions, articles, podcasts, live videos, and more. So stick with the CHO Cubs coverage team. CHO Sports YouTube page uh, for all your video needs. Uh, we appreciate your support of CHO and the CHO Cubs podcast. Brendan and I will talk to you again next week and. They're buyers at the deadline, baby. As always, go Cubs.